started a great series that we've been in called Red, White, and who? Red, white, and who? And that's you. The who is you. And uh, we're talking about us. And where we are as a country is where we launched this series. And uh, how many know election time is coming? And uh, it's a pretty pivotal point in our world. And um, so we've just been talking through some of that, how it applies to our life. And uh, we're going to continue that series today. Uh, Pastor John started this two weeks ago, a great message. Uh, his message was called, We the People. That sounds like a political something, doesn't it? Well, not. It's not. It's a Bible something, all right? And so we started off in Ephesians 1, talking about us, the people, the body of Christ. And then the next, and the next week, which was last week, uh, he preached a message called, all men, all men Are Created Equal, out of Ephesians chapter 2. You see a theme going here? And so this week is Ephesians chapter 3, and we are going to rob a line, borrow a line, excuse me. In church, you just borrow things. Uh, somebody has borrowed my, my wife's Yeti cup too, if you see it anywhere. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. That's bad. Okay. We're going to borrow a line from the song, America the Beautiful, and it's this, God shed his grace on thee. We're going to talk about God's grace today. How many could use a little grace in your life? Ephesians chapter three, if you'll turn there, we're going to start where Paul is continuing to write to the church of Ephesus. And uh, we're going to talk about the foundation, the plan that he addresses in this chapter. He's already talked about it. As you'll see, uh, he mentions it in this passage. He's talked about the first two chapters already. And we're going to just dive into that just a little bit and how it applies to our lives. Sound good? Ready or not, here it comes. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 says this, When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, Assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you. Paul's saying he gave me the responsibility of giving you, extending you his grace. Verse 3, as I briefly wrote earlier in the previous chapters we just talked about, God himself revealed his plan to me, his mysterious plan to me. As you, re- as you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into his plan regarding Christ. So he's saying the plans that he has for us, he's talking about God's plans for us in relationship to Jesus Christ. What, that, what the correlation is, what is it between our life and Christ that applies? And then he goes on in verse 6, he says, and this is the plan. Both Gentile and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God. God's children. So what he's saying is there was, there was a time, he's saying, listen, here's what you've got to realize. There was a time when it was Jew and Gentile. It was God's chosen and everybody else. But now through Christ, God wants everyone to be his children. He, wants, he doesn't just want one certain group. He's saying, all right, it's wide open. I love you. I want you to love me. And this is how it happens through Christ, all right? And that's, that's the BLT version. No, not, don't get your mind off bacon. Brian Larson translation, all right? BLT, all right? I'm going to break it down a little bit for you. Oh, man, bacon. (laughs) Keep your mind on the Lord. Here we go. Verse, back in verse six, it's both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. There it is again. He's saying, listen, both Jew and Gentile, anybody, when they belong to Christ, to Jesus Christ, they share in the same blessing, right? That means we can all have it 
through Christ. Verse 7, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. So here's what Paul is saying. Listen, God's got a plan for your life. He wants you to be his children. And the way to be his children is through Jesus. That was a mystery before, but now it's been revealed. Let's do this thing, right? Life's going to get better now. That's what he's saying. See, what happened is from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they made some mistakes where they were once close in connection with God. And because of the decisions they made to to rebel against God, make a decision to go disobedience, I guess is the best way to say it, there was a separation that was caused. And God said, listen, I don't want to be separated from my kids anymore. I want them close to me. I want them to love me, and I want to love them. I want this relationship back, this restoration to happen. And so he said, okay, in order to do that, that separation, that gap needed to be filled, and this is how he did it with Jesus Christ. He did that with Jesus. Jesus was, is the bridge between us and God. He filled that gap. Anybody believe me? Well, if you didn't, here's the word. Here's what Ephesians 1 says. We're going to jump back into Ephesians chapter 1 because we're going through this book. Ephesians has actually been called the constitution of the church. It's, it's our bylaws. It's the way we should live our life, right? And so this is why we're taking a little time to dissect into this as a church and in our nation is to say, all right, here's how we're to live. This is what guides our life. This is what guides our standards, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, it says this. This is how the plan comes together. This is the revealing of that plan that Paul's talking about. Okay, Ephesians chapter one, he says, in him we have redemption, who's him? Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Oh man, I just love stop right there. I just love the fact that word lavish just feels good. It feels rich. The fact that God would lavish something on us and not just anything, but grace. He would lavish us in his grace. So this is how the plan, this is what Paul is saying. This is how the plan is going to happen in your life. This is where it all starts. If you're going to get it, you gotta, it's got to start here. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according. In other words, based on the grace that God's given us. We, couldn't ha- we wouldn't have access to God except for his grace. Grace really is just, simply put, it's just favor that I didn't deserve. It's kindness that I didn't earn. It's undeserved, unearned goodness. Is that a good way to say it? That's what grace is. It means God didn't have to forgive us, but he did because he wants to. He loves us. He didn't have to let Jesus die for us, but he did because he wants you to feel his love. It's grace. It's God's grace. I like to look at it like this. It's God's reach for my life. Because without his grace, I couldn't know his love. Without him, I couldn't feel him. Without God's grace, I couldn't feel him in my life. I couldn't have the the life he wants me to have. This may be a revelation for some of you, but God's got good plans for your life. You may not have any, but he's got good dreams for your life. He does. And in order to have access to them, it's only through his grace. It's through his kindness, his his love for our lives. It's his love for us. So 
if we're going to have grace, we've got to understand grace. If we're going to allow grace to operate in our life, then we've got to understand it a little bit better. So we're going to take a moment and break down this verse, and let's just talk about what grace is for us or what grace is and what's it look like in our life. First, you need to know that grace has a price. Grace has a price. It costs something. And that's why this, this verse is so important to us. It says, in him we have redemption in Jesus, through Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. Do you know that redemption really technically could be a business term? I like to think of it like as an exchange. And it really is. Redemption means to give something that you have for something that you want. Anybody uh, ever used to redeem glass bottles? Show your age. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? I've read about it on the internet. Google it. Listen, I grew up in Mississippi, man. We'd, we'd walk those streets and we'd, they'd be stuck in the dirt. We had to take a stick and you pop them out. And we'd bottles, man. I mean, I was really young, though, really young. <laughs> And it says redeem for five cents or 10 cents, whatever it was. I don't even remember. Old memories are slipping. No, it was a bottle and it would say redeem for. In fact, some bottles, glass, most glass bottles now still today, they'll say redeem for. It means you take this and you redeem it for something, for some cash or coin. It's, a rede- it's an exchange word. It means there's got to be an, inter- uh, an interchanging of something. So what God says is, look, I, there's this separation there's this gap that I need to fill. It's going to have to, it's going to cost something. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'll pay the price. You know what? I'm going to foot the bill. I'm not going to put it on them. I'm going to take this one. And here's what he did. He not only paid it, but he paid the highest price for you and for me. Now, I don't know if any of you grew up like I did, but I grew up around a, uh, a negotiator. Okay, in the South, we call it a haggler. I like to haggle a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, how much is this? 32, will you take 17? <laughs> 32, 17, where'd you get that? But I want to pay for it. I can remember, I can remember uh, grow, going to the, um, like the flea markets and stuff, you know, and the, these booths and walk by. I'm like, oh, yeah. And my dad would stop. I'd just keep walking. I don't know him. I don't know him. Because they told me 32. I'm like, here's 32.50 just in case. I can tell still to this day my, when my dad calls me if he's been shopping because he's always got a different tone in his voice. And I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Oh, man, I just got a bargain, son. <laughs> just got a bargain. Bargain day is a good day. Always want, my dad always wants to see the cheap. Listen, my dad will negotiate at Walmart and Target. He doesn't care. Dad, that's why they put that sticker on there to tell you how much the price is. Find an associate. I need to talk to him. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> I'm married. I've got a wife. We don't want this. No, no. He's always negotiating. And honestly, I love it about it. And you ever heard you, you marry, you, you, well, you marry your, your spouse, you marry one of your parents, or you ever heard that, you know? Well, actually, I always heard you marry your mom as a man, you know. I married my dad. 
awkward. My wife is a bargain hunter. Here's the good news about us is God did not see how cheap he could get out. He loved you enough that he said, oh, that's what it's going to cost? Complete sacrifice? My very best, my only son? There you go. He means enough to me. He's worth the price. In fact, it says that in 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says that God paid the highest price for you and me. He counted the cost and it was going to be the, the highest he could pay. And he paid the absolute most. He paid the highest price. That doesn't make sense, does it? Why, why, could, why would he pay the highest price when he may have been able to get out cheaper? But listen, what I've, here's what I've learned about, about experts. Is that when they know the, the worth of something, the value of something, what you and me would seem a little extreme, they would drop it in an instant. I've watched uh, this TV show. Maybe you've seen it. These guys who do pick, they go around and do pickers and they're picking stuff. When they, they start off at like $300, I'm like, you mean $30? Why would you offer them $300? Man, that's junk. That doesn't look like it's worth anything. But they know the value. They know it's worth. Me, I don't know. Your life, maybe you don't know, but God, he knows it's worth. He knows your value. He knows how precious you are to him. And not only did he pay the price for you, for grace in your life, but he paid the highest price. He didn't look out to see how little he could get by. He knew that he wanted you for his own and he paid that price. Some of you need to know that you are worth God's grace. You are worth the price that God paid for your life. This is where I have to pause and just tell you some of you right now, you've probably, some of us in the past have had bad advice. Some of us have been told you're not worth it. You're not valuable. You'll never be that. You could never do this. You could never go there. I want to tell you today, God sees the worth in your life. His plan for you starts right here by him paying a price for you. By this redemption, this transaction happening, by him saying, hey, I want them close to me. And I'm willing to do anything I've got to do to have that relationship. You, you got to know you're important to him. That's why he paid that price. Amen. You are worth it to God. You are valuable to him. You matter in his life. And here's, here's, the, here's where I have tripped myself up. Okay, God, I, I want you to love me. I want to love you. I want to be close to you. What can I do to earn that? Here, here's some, let me, give you, let me give you this and let me do this and maybe that'll make me worthy to have your best in my life. Maybe this will make me more valuable to you. Let me tell you, there's nothing you can do to be more valuable to him. He loves you just the way you are. 
And not only that, but when you don't receive his grace, did you know that his grace is a gift? He said it in Ephesians 2, Paul. He also wrote Ephesians 2, 8. He said that, that we are saved by grace. It's a free gift. That it's not by our works that any man should boast. In other words, he's saying, listen, it's nothing. This grace that I'm talking about, I'm wanting to give you, it's not, you can't buy this thing. You can't work hard enough to earn it. It's my gift to you because I love you that much. I want to tell you, when we are fretting and worrying and, and trying to and, and striving in our life for the grace of God or to work through a season in our life and not allowing the gift of grace to come on to come into our hearts, we are paying for something that's already been paid for. That striving is you're never going to, you're going to always be in debt to, to striving. You're going to always be in debt to guilt, to pain. You'll never pay that note off. Has anybody in here ever paid a car off and just kept making payments because it was fun? Thank you, my point exactly. Can you imagine paying that note off, getting the title and saying, you know what, I'm just going to keep on writing you a $600 check. That just, just seems fair since you charged me interest. It's the same in our life when we receive God's grace. We receive his forgiveness in our life. And he paid it full and full. He paid off the debt. And then we come back and say, oh, well, I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't do, you know, why me? It's grace. That's what grace is. It fills in that gap between your, your insufficiencies and his abundance. It's grace. And you got to know he, you are worth it. He's already paid for it. He's already paid for it. So if we're looking at what grace is to us and what grace is, first you got to know grace has a price, but it's already been paid for. Just receive it. Amen? Come on, say, it is paid for. Mm. God's got this. Amen? God's got it. Second thing is grace has a reward. Grace has a price and grace has a reward. He said, in him we have redemption through his blood. And, forgive, and the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is such a great word. Such a great word because it means so many great things. Because to really truly be forgiven or to forgive is, just means to let, some, let it go. That ought to be a good, that's a good song, right? I might write that. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) The pain never bothered me anyway. (laughs) Let me reel you back in here. Yeah, I went there. Forgiveness is that let it go moment. It's that release. It's that once I, what I once held on to, I let go of. Once I, what I once was carrying, I shake it off. I let it go. Forgiveness 
is our freedom. God's grace is the road to freedom in our life. Because of God's grace, we don't have to carry around our past. We don't have to live underneath circumstances or decisions and situations. I love this verse. Paul wrote this again in 1 Corinthians 1.30. He said, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. He also, Paul also, also wrote that, that he who did not ever sin, that did not even know sin, Jesus, he became sin that we could be made right with God. He did that because of his grace for our life. He did that so that we could be set free in our lives, that we wouldn't have to carry our past. We wouldn't have to carry the bad decisions. We wouldn't have to carry the shame. We wouldn't have to carry the guilt, the the pain. We could be set free from that. I know some of you have heard me tell the story before. It's one of my favorite all time where uh, uh, one of our mentors, an older pastor, uh, was telling us a story that, about a, a gentleman who was visiting a church, came in to preach and uh, had, been, had not been there for quite some time and he finished his message and he's walking off the platform and a lady walks up to him and says, oh, pastor, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah, dear, it's been a long time. He's, she's, he said, well, well, just tell me, how, how have you been? And she, she stopped and looked at him and she said, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. And he looked back at her and he said, what in the world are you doing under there? That would be Grace's question to you. If Grace had a question, it would say, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under circumstance? What are you doing under under all that old mess when, when the price has already been paid for you to be free? Quit trying to pay the debt all over again. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Get free. Receive God's forgiveness. Shake it off. Don't let it rest in your heart. Don't let it burden you down. I I, I heard it. My wife and I were in a live uh, uh, service once with a lady who was sharing her story testimony and story and she'd had a public life very very known well known and and they'd gone through her and her husband went through marital problems and some some little bit of a scandal none of she didn't even wasn't even a part of it and of course it's a very public breakup and just all the things that happened and and uh she began to tell her story that you know all the things that happened to her over the last several years she was telling all these things the friends had talked about her people she trusted that betrayed her Things that she had lost in her life that she once had that were valuable. Even talked about her own, her own decisions that she felt like, well, I could have done this different. And, and just, just, the, just the guilt of that and just the weight of it. And she said, I remember waking up one morning, getting out of my bed, walking through the house. And she said, I, I literally had this slump walking. And she said, because I was so heavy. The burden was so much from my past. The hurt was so great. She said it was hard to even pick my head up. I was just so heavy. And I realized it was all unforgiveness. She said, I began to talk to the Lord. She said, why am I carrying all this? And she said, it's all of a sudden I just saw in my head every person, every bad decision I'd made, 
every person who had hurt me, every, everything I had not forgiven myself for, everything I would not forgiven others for. She said, I just felt it on my back and it was like I was carrying it. And she said, I just began in my house to just begin to forgive. She said, I would call names and I'd call seasons and I'd call decisions out and I would just say, God, forgive myself. I'm, God, forgive me for making that decision. I'm sorry I did that. And God, I'm, I, I forgive her and I forgive him. And that, God, they may not even know that I, but God, I, I'm sorry. And, and she began to just to give herself forgiveness and give forgiveness to others. And she said, as I began to forgive, this freedom come over me. It's like this release. And she said, I began to, she said, next thing I know, I was walking tall and shaking my hand in the air and praising God and thanking him. I'm free from all of that. That is grace reward. Freedom from that. Freedom from that. And if you find yourself living any other way other than that in your mind, in your heart, in your relationships, in your business, it's time to receive some forgiveness. Maybe it's time to give some forgiveness. Let me just pause there just for a simple moment and just tell you this. You can't give what you haven't gotten. You can't give grace if you haven't received it. You can't forgive other people if you haven't forgiven yourself. Some of you are trying to figure out some relationship stuff. You're trying to give what you read in a book. And you got to start with yourself. You can't can't give grace Give away what you haven't received. Today, God wants you to get grace. He wants you to receive forgiveness in your life and in your heart. He wants to give you a new start. He wants to make all things new in your life. He wants to take away the old and give you the new. In fact, it's one of my favorite scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, anyone who is in Christ, remember, we're talking about God's plan, is is grace through Jesus Christ. When we get in Christ, we get in grace. And he says in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, if any man be in Christ, when he takes on Jesus, he receives Jesus in his heart, he or she, the old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. He's a new creation. He's a new creature. The new things. Anybody like new? I love new. It can even be your new. I just want to smell it. Take it out of the box. Take the film off of that TV. Let me see. Ah, that's awesome. Congratulations. I love new. I love the smell of new. Listen, some of you have such an old smell in your heart that you've forgotten what it's like to have a new perspective in life. You forgot what it's like to have joy. You're so, you've settled for stale and just get by and minimum. And today I'm telling you, God has some new for some of you. He's got something new he wants to give you. And it starts with grace. You got to receive it. You got to receive it. I'm not talking about a car, but maybe I am. If you do, if you do get a new car today, this week, let me know. Holla at your boy, come pick me up for lunch. But I'm really talking about your heart talking about your mind, talking about your emotions, your spirit. God wants to do something new in you. It starts with grace. It's his grace for us. 
It's his favor. Mm. Amen. Grace has a reward. It's freedom. Freedom to live in God's best for your life. Freedom from your past. Amen. Come on, tell the person next to you, freedom is mine. Freedom is mine. Now tell the person you didn't want to say anything to, say freedom is mine. Grace has a price. Grace has a reward. And this verse tells us that grace is enough. Grace is enough. Grace is enough. Redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our sins, all in accordance, all according to the grace of God that he has lavished on us, that he has lavished on us. I love the word lavish. It just kind of, I said earlier, just, just warms my heart because I, I'm a lavish kind of guy. I like to do things in abundance. When I go to the grocery store for just eggs, I come back with an abundance of things. I like to lavish my refrigerator with a lot of things. I like the abundance side of life. And when we're talking about grace, I love that God didn't say, all right, all this is based on the allotment of grace you have. Here's your portion. Good luck with it. Use it wisely. He didn't say that. And here's why he didn't say that, because he loves us and he knows us. My bottle would have been empty a long time ago if grace wasn't lavished. I love another translation. It says this. He says, according to God's grace that is showered upon us, that is given to us in abundance. I just love the even thought of a grace shower. There's a place I could step in and allow God's grace to wash it all away. What a great place. Here's what you've got to know. Grace is enough. God's grace is enough for what? For your life. Grace is enough for what? For your weakness, for your decision, for what's troubling you, for what's tempting you, for what keeps popping its head back up in your life. There's grace is enough. Go to grace. Go to God's grace. I want to tell you, you'll never hit the mark without grace in your life. Paul was writing about it in 2 Corinthians 12, and he, he was talking about this thorn in his flesh, this thing. Anybody ever, ever had one of those things, that thorn? That thing that just keeps popping up, won't go away. God, I'm tired of working. I'm around this mountain again. Are you serious? OMG, not again. That thorn, that's what Paul's talking about. It's like this thing, it's just like the enemy keeps using this one thing to keep trying to get me. And it's almost working. In fact, it worked once. And he's saying, God, take this thing away from me. Remove this person from my life. Take this thing. You can do it. I believe. This is how the Lord responded. Paul said, three times I pleaded with the Lord. Take it away. But he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient 
for you. My grace is enough for you. You don't have to have it all together. The right atmosphere doesn't have to be there for you to do right. These people can be in your life or out of your life, but my grace is still sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. How would we know how good his grace is without some bad? How would we know how big, how strong his grace is without the presence of weakness? We wouldn't know it. Some of you, instead of fighting it off, need to say, okay, I'm just going to come clean. I've got this problem. I need grace in my life. I need God's grace. I need my pastor's grace. I need my spouse's grace. I got to get some grace to get through this. Go for it. Let it happen in your life. God's grace is enough for anything and everything in your life. Let him in. Let him, don't walk around as I described a moment ago. Don't walk around with your head hung and your, and your shoulders slumped under the weight. Let grace in. But you don't know how much. You're right, I don't know. But God does. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is enough for your life. Amen? How many could use some grace today? We're talking about God's plan for your life. God's very best. He has good plans for you. Starts with grace, allowing him in. When you get the revelation that who God is and, and what, what we have through the, the price that Jesus paid, we realize, okay, it's all going to be good now. I've got a redeemer. He's paid the price for me. I don't have to, I don't, one and one doesn't have to equal two anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it doesn't have to all add up. I've got someone who's paid the price for me. I'm going to quit paying, trying to pay for this. Figure it all out. And that, that, that not only did he pay for it, he's, he's letting me receive it as a free gift. It's my, reward, it's my reward for his price, for his sacrifice. I can be set free. It's forgiveness in my heart. And that not only is it for a one-time moment, it's for a lifetime. And when we begin to walk in that grace, when we begin to walk in that life, God's plan for our, for our marriage and God's plan for our our gifts and our, his plan for our, our minds. And it's, it's, just, it's just this revelation we begin to walk in. It's just this lifestyle that begins to be created. And this is how Paul ends that chapter. Ephesians 3, we're closing here. Ephesians 3 in verse 17, he says, Then Christ, once you, once you get it, he said, I'm revealing this to you now. Now get this, all right? And when you do, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all God's, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. He's saying without grace, you'll never understand how much he loves you. As you begin to walk in grace, you'll begin to understand how how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. I'm believing today that God's going to give you fullness of life. 
and all the power and strength that you need to be who God's called you to be. Amen. Do you receive that today? Can we thank God for his word? Come on.